Welcome back to episode 12 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. Today we've got another dodgy episode coming up as I'm live from 2,400 metres above sea level out in Kenya. And let's just put it this way, the 10 is not known for its five-star internet coverage. So that being said, I'll probably stay fairly quiet on this week's podcast and let Tom and Callum do the bulk of the waffling. If it's a shocking podcast, feel free to tune off and join us again in two weeks when I'm back in the UK and hopefully we've improved the audio somewhat. But chaps, take it away. You're gonna to have to. You're gonna to have to take the load on this one, I reckon. Now then, boys. <laughs> you doing, Tom? Yeah, uh, not brilliantly. We'll get into that shortly. But I just absolutely love the fact that we got such an influx of messages from people slagging off the quality of the audio from the last episode. Totally justified, by the way. And now this this week, Ben is literally in a cupboard in Kenya, filming, uh, recording yeah, the, the episode rather. Yeah, we just the... to, just. To... Just to tell you all how seriously we've taken this on, uh, my my girlfriend's been ejected from the house, so I can be in the living room. And by the way, we only have two rooms in the house, so in the living room next to the router, and um, Ben's in a cupboard. So that's the extremes we're going to try and improve it. But thanks for the feedback because even though we get a lot of positives and um, stuff like that, it never actually feels like anyone's listening. But to see the influx of like people that were actually distressed at the fact that we'd done a shit job. <laughs> was actually quite refreshing it was really nice it was like oh wow people actually care about this being good so um yeah thanks a lot people and uh yeah we have taken it on board i am also yeah. sat right next to my um i actually just took a picture to show you boys in, in the group chat i am right next to the router i could not be closer so we are we're doing everything we can guys yeah it's yeah we're doing absolutely everything everything <laughs> we can we've even done a practice podcast which we've never done before where we joined the call and even practice waffling so yeah hopefully this this turns out all right if it doesn't then we, at least we can say we tried our best um yeah. but yeah interesting week of of sort of running not running um <laughs> to get into this week it's going to probably be the most interesting podcast it definitely won't be our best I'll, I'll put it out there now but um yeah if you're tuned in and listening then thanks for for giving us another chance after last week's shit show yeah and the one thing you might have noticed is we're not all actually depressed we're actually all on our best behavior because we think one of the problems could be that we all talk over each other way too much this is basically me saying i talk over everyone way too much um so if you hear some pauses and us being a little bit more somber at the end of our sentences it's because we're trying to leave a gap before the next the next man takes his turn speaking so uh with that being said we're going to start with ben so we can get out of the sweatbox cupboard that he's in in the back of nowhere so ben tell us about your running or non-running uh what, what happened in the week Thank you, Callum. Lovely introduction there. Um, so, yeah, my week was a little bit interesting because obviously I raced Osaka uh, last Sunday. So in terms of, of running, I've actually only recorded two activities this week. One was purely just to annoy Callum. And the second was uh, my first run out in Kenya. So let's start with the, the first run. Um, it was on the Wednesday, so three days after the marathon. And I'd gone to take a parcel down to the local shop. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to run home. And I got my phone out press record on Strava and recorded 320 metres of running at 4.46 pace. And my doms were really, really bad from, from Osaka. I think I mentioned it in last week's episode, but um, my quads were in absolute bits after the Osaka marathon. Um, and finally, they came around, but not on Wednesday. They were still pretty sore. Um, so I decided to do a bit of cross-training on Thursday, 30 minutes on the elliptical, um, but yeah, cross training is not that fun. I just thought, you know what, let's just have a nice week of recovery because um, I was, knew that I was coming out to, to Kenya. And yeah, that takes me on to my last activity of the week, nice and quick, which was a 10K run. Uh, my first run here in Kenya altitude, 
um, 10k at 424 per kilometer pace. I was joined by an Italian guy who's on on the camp as well, and he fancied a bit of a run, so he did an out and back, so he didn't get lost. Um, beautiful scenery. It was actually not on one of the dirt roads. This one. This was just literally following the main road into into, into 10, which is actually pretty well paved um, for for running fairly quick. And this run was quite interesting because my my pace is sort of normal for my easy runs but my heart rate was 161 so yeah that just goes to show the signs of altitude really having an effect on on my body on the first few days I've, I've started to settle in now i'm on i'm currently we're currently recording this on a tuesday so i've been here for is it tuesday or is it monday it's monday it's monday it's monday yeah sorry about that um so it's the second day that i've been here so i thought yesterday was monday but that makes sense um so yeah lovely run lovely bit of food afterwards some some agali some Meat soup. I didn't even hear what meat it was. Um, probably don't, don't want to know. to know. Yeah, you don't need to know that. It's just meat. And yes, plenty of carbs. So that's my week. Not not really much more to, to tell you about, apart from hoping hoping next week will be really interesting um, being out here uh, in a completely different environment. I'm proud. I'm proud of that week, Ben. I like the fact that you didn't run much because the Ben is running of old would have just been out back smashing some tempos or like doing victory laps around the little village and that telling everyone he's been to Japan, just smashing his, <laughs> leg, smashing his legs up a little bit more. So I think that's a big step forward as an athlete. Take your foot off the gas, you know, and it's your job as well. So like, you know, it's not to be taken lightly. You basically had four days off your content creation, if you see what I mean, or at least of the running. So um, easier yeah. said than done, I guess. But no, good on you for doing that. The one thing I was going to say is I, if you haven't, you know, I presume all everyone that listens already follows Ben on Strava, but go and look at this run in Kenya that he does, right? Because <laughs> the first two miles or three miles are all downhill, but he runs, bear in mind, he's gone to altitude for the first time and we've been trying to warn him. He runs the first mile out the door at like 6.30 or something like that, which is faster than he normally <laughs> runs when he's when he's just running around England. You know what I mean? It's like 6.39, 6.40 or something like that. And then you could just see the heart rate going up and up and up. It's uh, yeah, it, it did make me chuckle actually. But hope you're having a good time, Ben. Anyway, yeah, I wasn't alone on that run. I, I must admit, I was with a with company, and we said we were going to do 45 minutes of easy running. So the pace was sort of just set by by the two of us. And it is to be fair to me, it the the place where we're staying in a ten is literally at the top of a hill, and you've got about a kilometre of downhill running either side of the sort of camp. So you've got no choice but to go down or up. Um, and obviously you're going to run a little bit quicker, but yeah, certainly wasn't an easy pace um, and felt it towards the end, but it was nice just to get a first run out here in, in Kenya. That's class. That's class. Yeah. I watched the video actually that you made. You just put it out today for the day of recording and um, yeah, it looks, it looks like a nice place where you're staying actually. I'm excited to see where they take you on the travels. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to get very fit, but I just hope you don't hurt yourself pretty much, Ben. Please don't do anything silly. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely some good advice. Um, this trip is definitely going to be more of just an experience, seeing what it's like to to live out here in in a tent, and hopefully in in future training blocks, I'll come out here and do maybe even a month at altitude. Um, so this is just going to be a little bit of a taster. I'm going to take probably the first week completely easy running. We're off to the off to the track in the morning, but not to to run, just to observe the the local elite athletes. It's not the Kipchoge Stadium; it's the one in in a tent, which is a is a dirt track. So that'll be a really cool experience we're off there tomorrow at seven o'clock in the morning so hopefully get some get some good content down there with with some elite runners um i've seen a lot of uh scott you know the brand uh the trail running brand scott oh yeah 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 i've seen quite a few athletes around here that have basically 
head to toe in Scott gear. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't really know that they had an elite presence, but maybe they're just in this area at the moment. Um, and also saw uh, the London Marathon um, winner today at a core session from uh, London Marathon 2021. Her name is uh, Jep Koskai. Um, I didn't know who she was at the time, but yeah, to get introduced to to a London Marathon record holder is pretty cool. Um, and I couldn't even couldn't even hold a plank at the end of the session. So, forty five minutes of call was, has absolutely ruined me tonight. And I'm now sat in a cupboard, which is which is less than ideal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's... You didn't hear that, by the way, did you? Did an Amazon delivery driver just rocked up and uh, dropped off a couple of things, which segue quite nicely into my week. Um, but first of all, Ben, uh, you mentioned about your quads being sore, and it's uh, it's interesting because Moose, I was listening to the Insight Running Boys. And he was saying, despite the fact that he didn't finish the marathon, his quads were disproportionately sore compared to how they would normally be, let alone only running half a marathon. Uh, so I wonder if there's something in it when you were talking about the shoes, the Wave Rebellion Pro and how they uh, just shift the load slightly. Because, um, yeah, you, yeah, you both definitely. support a very similar experience. I'd go as far to say as I've actually felt like my quads have been like I've pulled a muscle or sprained a muscle, which is why I didn't run at all last week because I just wanted to play it a bit more on the on the cautious side of things because yeah the the first three days I was in real pain um, and it's only towards the end of the week that I've I've actually started to see an ease in that pain and even after the first run uh, on the way back up the hills I could still feel quite a lot of quad sort of doms still still. Um, still in the legs so yeah just definitely got to take it easy over the next few weeks but I'm hoping just being at altitude will will get me fit even if it's just easy running that I'm able to do while I'm here yeah yeah lovely good good stuff and you know what it's was quite total interesting for the week, ben? Oh. total for the week was 13 kilometers I think <laughs> well no sorry 10.3 so that's that will be my lowest week of of the year hopefully touch wood well that's that's not a good thing to say is it really if yeah. you get injured, you're going to be buggered. No, no, no. You'll have another break later in the year. Ben, don't you worry about that. We'll make sure we're checking in every week on this podcast, buddy. You're getting another mm-hmm. little break later in the in the week. Coach winter. Callum. There I'm not go. paying 150 quid a week, mate. I can do what I want. Well, no, no, one, no one pays 150 quid a week, Ben, because that would be per month. But thanks for reading my post in such detail. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> nobody click the ads when you watch his videos, by the way. He's got enough money. Um <laughs> Oh dear. Um, moving on so Ben you ran out of well you didn't run out of choice Tom you wanted to run but you couldn't because you're crippled so you, you go to your week next yeah this is going to be fun isn't it I think um, what's going to be great about this podcast is I think combined our, our combined weekly mileage is probably going to be less than any of us have run in a single week as an individual since we started this podcast uh, which is not a great stat, is it really? But anyway, um, if you listened to last week, you'll know I had a very, very good week of training, probably the best week of training I've had for, for months and months. Um, but you'll also know that I prefaced that by saying that I was a little bit, a little bit sore on the evening of recording. Now, that descended uh, quite rapidly, but I will, I will go through my whole week and I'll, I'll give you a little... Uh, little tidbits into the life of a, of an injured runner. Um, but Monday morning I had a, a steady 10 K right. And I captioned this on Strava, big fat week incoming, which in hindsight definitely jinx things. But 
I felt amazing on this run. I was coming off the back of a rest day on the Sunday because of because uh, of it being Summer's birthday. So I had 10k steady, 349 average, and just felt sensational. Like legs were fresh as a daisy, body felt good, breathing was good, um, and I was very look, very much looking forward to uh, the week that I had coming up. And then Monday afternoon, Monday lunchtime uh, was just an easy five miles plus four by hundred meter strides. So nothing at the ordinary, but probably a couple of K into this run. Um, it's about 10 minutes or so into it. I was aware that my right glute was feeling quite tight and uncomfortable. Not anything. I thought not anything to be concerned about. Um, it just felt a little bit tight, a little bit, not, not right. And then as the run went on, this tightness kind of intensified and got a little bit worse. But by that point, I was halfway through the run. The only way to get home was to either run home or walk home. So I basically had to keep running. Um, probably shouldn't have done the strides at the end. But, you know, I thought my stupid little runner brain was like, maybe if I do strides, it will loosen what? things off. Are you joking? I'm, I'm not you walked joking. home. You walked home from a run because you were injured, and then you just decided no, to. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't walk home from the run. I kept running because I didn't want to walk home, Callum. But get, you felt no. But you straight. felt you felt like you had to walk, right? I I felt like I shouldn't have been running. Yeah. So you decided to run faster <laughs> to solve the problem. Just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that, it sounds ridiculous. But in, <laughs> in my defence, right, think of it oh like this. Oh, my God. Sometimes, right, if you're, uh, if you're running and your legs feel a bit tired, a bit sore, a bit tight, whatever, I find that if you go on like a hilly loop, when you get to the top of that hill and you're back onto the flat, everything just feels a bit more activated and you actually feel quite good from there on because it just gets things moving. I thought it may be, right, there's an outside chance that if I do four by 100 meter strides, I'll actually feel better. Um, I didn't, obviously. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel very good at all. But that, that was the logic that I was working with. Um, I like that. I love the optimism, actually. I wish I was more like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I was trying. Because it, it, it genuinely, right, I'm not being stupid. It didn't feel that bad. Like, it just felt like I've, I've done... Uh, I don't know. I've, I've had it before where my calves just feel a bit tight after a session in a shoe that I'm not used to. And you think, oh, this doesn't feel that good, but I'm, I'm sure it will ease off. That's the sort of level of discomfort I was in on this, on this Monday run. Um, but that evening, as soon as I cooled down, had a shower and stopped running and then sat down for a bit at work and tried to stand up again, that's when I knew I was in a spot of bother because I was still able to walk, but... The, the pain went from just like a little bit of muscle tightness, muscle soreness to quite a deep, sharp pain um, in like the base of my buttocks, I suppose. Um, so the alarm bells were going off a little bit there. But on the on the Tuesday, I was meant to have a really spicy session, like some K reps and 400s, but quicker than I've ever done K reps. So again, my stupid little runner brain was like, do lots of foam rolling, do your stretching, go to bed and set your alarm nice and early on the Tuesday morning like you normally would for a session. And you never know, you might wake up and feel fresh as a daisy. Um, the reality is I woke up and I couldn't put any weight on my right leg. So that, that session obviously didn't happen. Um, and yeah, that's, that's when I started to get really quite 
concerned about how much discomfort I was in. Um, I managed to get booked in to see a local physio on the Wednesday. So, so the following day, I got in to see him at lunchtime and he took a look at me and was like, yeah, your right glute, hip, hamstring, lower back, that whole area is, is very, very tight and inflamed and not in a particularly good way. So he got his elbows into me, um, you know, did all sorts, like literally made me cry on the massage table. Uh, it's a good pain though, isn't it? I don't know how you boys feel about having deep sports massage like that, but I, I sort of like it in a masochistic way. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that, that's kind of odd. I like it to an extent, <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit, I think you've been living alone for a bit too long, fella, if you're thinking stuff like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You are dead right on that front. But uh, anyway, um, that was that. And he, I was asking him for advice, asking him what I should do. And he said, like, I'm not making this up, right? He said to me, not running is probably the worst thing you can do if it's a muscular thing. Because all it will do is get tighter as you sit down and don't do any running. And, um, you know, all you're going to do is uh, put yourself out for longer if you stop running completely. So he said, go for an easy run tonight, 30 minutes or so um, at your usual easy run pace. Maybe start off even easier just to be on the safe side and um, like flush the massage out your legs and you should be all right within a few days. So what's the absolute worst thing you can say to an injured runner who is desperate to run is go and run, right? Because that's all I wanted to do in the world was go for a run. And um, he basically encouraged me to do so, even though in my heart of hearts, looking back on it, I knew I was in no fit shape to go for a run. I couldn't really walk particularly well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Andy absolutely hated it when I told him that I went for a run. But it is what it is. I'm an idiot and you have to learn from these things, don't you? So Wednesday evening, uh, was my second and last run of the week. And it was three kilometers at 4.47 pace. I was fairly sensible, apart from the actual decision to run in the first place. And when there's a little, <laughs> there's a little dirt track out the back of my house, uh, which is just like a little green space where people walk their dogs and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's a nice little dirt path. It's about 300 meters all the way around, maybe. And I thought, I'll go there. I'll jog around it for a bit and see... <laughs> what happens and yeah I mean I could try and lie to myself and say that it felt okay to start with it really didn't but I was just I was just happy to be moving um but after pff, five ten minutes uh my leg was like felt like it was buckling under me and I should say this is a different leg to the one that decided to stop working at London Marathon this is my right leg um and yeah after about 15 minutes, uh, I knew that whatever I was doing running-wise was making it exponentially worse. So I stopped. Um, I'm very, very grateful that I was just doing loops around there and I wasn't doing like a, an out and back like I usually might do. Um, so, yeah, I, I stopped and, and hobbled home. And literally as soon as I stopped running, like I was in quite a lot of pain. Then when I got home, um, I was trying to put my sliders on. This is how bad it was, right? I was trying to put my sliders on and I couldn't, I put my right one on and then I couldn't put enough weight on my right leg to literally just slide my left foot Mate, into that's bad. the slider. It was that's really bad. bad. Yeah. And then I couldn't, I couldn't walk, right? So I was having to cling on to things as I was walking around, moving around the flat. And then um, I got into bed quite early 
right, quite sad and feeling quite sorry for myself. And I realised I hadn't brushed my teeth yet. So I almost forgot at this point that I was, uh, that I was injured or compromised. So I went to, um, went to roll out of bed, like put my foot down and basically sort of fell to the floor. Um, and I had to crawl to the bathroom to, uh, to brush my teeth, like literally hands and knees job to, to get to the bathroom. <laughs> so I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom on my hands and knees. Um, <laughs> so essentially not, not your, leg was, your, your leg was to, to clarify. And by the way, I like you reminded me of my former self when I used to play football, I would do anything to play. <laughs> and I've made it, I've made, so, I've made so many like things like this. So I'm not pretending I know stuff, but yeah. just to clarify, your leg was hurting a bit, let's say six out of 10 pain, right? Yeah. So you've you've gone out to essentially let's call it your back garden or a you know communal garden. Yeah, done communal a, garden. You've, you've done a few laps and you've managed to turn that six out of ten to a raging <laughs> ten out of ten pain to the to the point where neither of your legs function for their sole purpose of holding your body above the ground, mm. and you've had to crawl your way just so you can brush your teeth. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a very good summary. On the, and then uh... did you crawl? Did you crawl back to bed, or you just call it a day and just get in the bath and sleep? <laughs> oh dear, uh, I I did I did crawl back to bed. To be honest, it was your so question. bad. Right? Your question. Did Go you on. because you'd crawled? <laughs> this is this is because you'd because <laughs> you crawled to brush your teeth, right? Yeah. After after you'd brushed them, did you feel like you were more equipped to crawl back? Like, did you have some tactics for crawling on the way back? <laughs> Did, did you like was it was it quite harsh on your knees or like did you think did you think oh I'll go for like a glide like I know I don't have carpet so I would probably go for the shuffle along the floor maybe um mm. what, we did you feel more confident on the way back so my floor is carpeted and it did hurt my knees a little bit yeah it wasn't it wasn't that pleasant um but the, it was it was so bad right to the point where when I went <laughs> so I'm crawling on my hands and knees uh this is a really sad image for people to have in their heads isn't it uh but crawling on my hands and knees to the bathroom i obviously had to go up on my knees like a little bit like a meerkat right to get toothbrush and toothpaste <laughs> from the sink and even that was really like painful like i winced when i went up onto my knees like it was it was that bad um and then when i was in bed when i <laughs> when i got myself back into bed maneuvered myself back into position I couldn't get comfortable because every time I moved or every time I went to roll over, it was like a sharp pain in that area. Um, so yeah. I was quite scared, to be honest, at this point. I was like, this, this does not feel like anything I've ever had. I've had a few little injuries before. You know, like I, I did a 15-mile run way too fast in a few inches of snow and uh, like battered my Achilles, basically, just from that constant micro-slippage on every step. Um, and that was sore, but it wasn't. It wasn't debilitating like this. This, was. this sounds <laughs> bad. This sounds bad, Tom. And I just think moving forward, because you know, stuff, once there's an area of weakness, stuff like this could happen again. I think it's only fitting that you sort of prepare for what life could be like if your legs stop working. So <laughs> potentially, maybe like you know, if this happens again in the night and you need to get up, and you know, I'd maybe leave some some breakfast cereal at ground level. Um, you a little know, dog bowl or something in the corner of my bedroom. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd leave some essentials, tin of beans, maybe some rice, you know, <laughs> and any packet rice, obviously not not uncooked, not an animal. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd leave leave some kind of supplies at, at 
at a low level, you know, yeah. La laptop, TV, remote, all the essentials. So if you wake up one day and your legs are in this situation, then you should be able to make it through to, you know, at least midday when someone can come down and support you. Yeah, no, yeah, you're dead right. Some low hanging, low hanging fruit. Uh, but it was, yeah, so I woke up the next morning. So what are we on? This will be Thursday. And it was no better. Like, went to get out of bed again. and was like, right, looks like I'm a, I am crawling again. And I had laptop, bottle of water, phone, whatever, in room. And I had to try and bring it into the living room to, like, start work for the day, right? And I had to do three trips backwards and forwards to get the stuff I needed because I couldn't, like, normally I'll just put, have laptop on, under my arm, hold water bottle in the same hand and then have, like, phone in the other hand or whatever. But I couldn't like hold multiple things because if I was standing upright I had to steady myself by holding on to something and where's so this to go where 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 are you traveling to and from here sorry just from my bedroom to the living room surely the water far. bottle is not an essential item you haven't got a leg at this point who cares about the water bottle <laughs> I need to stay hydrated still have you not got a glass or something different you know water yeah, bottle but, the glass, is... but Callum 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 think about this the glasses are in the kitchen the glasses are in the kitchen cupboard which mean that I have to stand up in order to, to get up there. Right, so, okay. I wasn't right. particularly good at. Okay, Bear Grylls, so you're on your last bit of water in this bottle. If the, <laughs> once that's gone, once that's gone, that's it. Everything's gone. All right. <laughs> so I actually, I had to, um, I messaged my mum because she broke her ankle last year and she's still at the crutches. And I had to message her and be like, can you, like, I don't want you to worry, but can you please drop some crutches round so I can go about daily activities around the flat? Um, and when I said that, she was like, I'm, I'm taking you to, to A&E if it's that bad. I was like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Like, it's, it's just a bit sore. You know, a couple of days, do some foam rolling and that, and I'll be absolutely fine. Um, but uh, to be honest, at this point, I was, I was talking to a few different people, um, and they were like, just don't be an idiot. Just go to, if it's that bad, right, go to hospital and make sure that it's not anything like bone related and rule out worst case scenario type type stuff. Cause I was, I was doing what you do. I was Googling, you know, like all of my symptoms and everything that was coming back to me was like sacral stress fracture, sacral stress fracture, labrum tear, like proper gross injuries that are going to put you out for a long time. So um, in the end, I took her up on the offer, went to, went to A&E. And as soon as I got there and they saw me like hobbling, uh, <laughs> they came and put me in a wheelchair, which was again not not the greatest thing in the world for the uh, for the ego. And um, yeah, my mum had to wheel me around everywhere. I really needed a wee when we got there, so my poor mother had to wheel me to the toilets, and I hobbled out, did my little did my little wee like you do, and then slid myself back into the wheelchair again. Um, and yeah, that was that. Luckily, the the person that I saw at the hospital was an ultra runner. She, is a, she was a lunatic. She was lovely, but an absolute lunatic. Um, and she runs around lots of the trails that, not that I run on them, but the, lots of the trails around this local area. Uh, she was doing a 50K at the weekend. So I was absolutely blessed to speak to someone straight away who sort of understood running and understood how like, important it was and um, like how, you know, how I was feeling in that moment, which was, yeah, nice, reassuring. Um, she went away and spoke to some bone specialist people who had a look at me and were pretty confident that it wasn't bone related. Um, so that was nice. 
what wasn't nice is I got some incredibly strong anti-inflammatories that made me feel really sick. Um, I don't take any like medication really if I can avoid it. Like I'm not one for popping painkillers if I've got a headache. I normally just try and ride it out because I'm because I'm an animal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but genuinely, I don't I don't take ibuprofen or, or paracetamol or anything like that. I, I just I don't know. I just prefer not to. So these, I think it's naproxen or something. Um, I had to take a couple of them a day and they like fucked me up, to be honest, for lack of a better, better term. Um, and yeah, I just felt really drowsy, like really sick uh, and still do, which is, yeah, not particularly pleasant. But that's, that was pretty much my week. I obviously didn't try and run any of the other days. Um, but yeah, the, the only concern is the fact that now we're on Monday so it's been exactly a week and I'm, I'm definitely a lot better than I was then after I severely aggravated it with that run, but I'm still not moving particularly well. I'm not, uh, I can feel it on every step, like just walking around and yeah, I'm just, I'm still a bit concerned that it might be something more sinister. Are you going, so are you going, to, are you going to see anyone? I am. Yeah. So Paul Martin from physio remedies, not, sponsored i'll pay through my absolute nose to go and see him um but he's he's worked with a lot of andy's people before so he's uh you know worked with andy badly and and a few like proper like proper runners right um got decades of experience and he sorted me right out after london marathon like got right to the root cause of the issue straight away um and luckily i'm in london on wednesday anyway and he's got one free slot for like weeks and it happens to be on that Wednesday whilst I'm um whilst I'm in London. So I'm gonna go in and see him uh and I'm hoping that he'll be able to yeah, just dive straight in and, and see what's going on and um help me out a little bit. He's gonna um he's gonna take me in the gym as well, which yeah, I said it on my Instagram story I think, but I've neglected strength and conditioning for, for long enough. And I think now trying to do like I'm not doing stupid mileage. Obviously, I'm not running 100 mile a week or anything like that. But there's a lot of intensity in Andy's training. Like there's not much just pure straight plodding along. Um, and I think if I'm gonna uh, match what he wants me to do and do the sort of sessions that he wants me to do and run the sort of times that he wants me to run, I can't just do that off running alone. Like I've got to get my body strong enough to be able to to handle it. Um, so yeah. He's going to take me in the gym, take me through some some strength stuff, hopefully get to the bottom of what's going on. And uh, fingers crossed, it's not going to be uh, an extended period of, of no running. I'm hoping it's going to be just, uh, this is what's happened. This is why it's happened. Here's some strength exercises you need to do. Um, and within a week or so, I'll be able to get back to, uh, to running. Because my yeah. Strava graph was looking brilliant until until this week, and I've messed it all up. Yeah, it's um, it's frustrating, but it's and it's not the way that you want this sort of thing to happen. But I guess the silver lining you got to look at it is like a guy like you who's really into running, both as an athlete and as a fan. You know, works in running. You know, like you essentially, it's a massive part of your life and training and stuff. To only mm. be running and not be doing any SNC or even like home gym stuff or even doing little resistance band stuff. Like by your own admission, you do very little to look after yourself other than having, you know, a decent diet, getting your sleep and doing your running. So yeah. even though this isn't the kick up the ass that you or it's not in the form that anybody wants, especially if it is serious, which fingers crossed it's not too bad, at least it'll make you develop a routine that even if that 
you know, transpires to only be half an hour twice a week or, or you know, you, you don't pay for a gym, but you do a couple of things at home or whatever it is. It's going to be a catalyst to actually do stuff that is going to make you a better runner over the next five years, you know, even if it doesn't help you over the next five weeks, if you see what I mean. So, um, yeah, depressing to be in, to be, you know, injured <laughs> again. It's, it's going to happen to us all at some point, but at least you can, you know, it's not like uh, you've been doing everything right and you've got injured. How unlucky is that? It's like, no. okay, you know that you, this has been, you know, a little thing for a while that you should do. And I've been there. Ben's probably going to be there at some point. Like you find things that you should probably have been doing and you don't do them until it's too late. And then you just got to learn from them, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point as well. You mentioned the word depressing and uh, Gina uh, is a listener who wrote in and said it was nice to hear us just talk openly about mental health and stuff within within running and um i'm actually I'm, I'm quite happy with how well i've taken this one on the chin like after london i was in a hole for a solid three months i was not not in a particularly good place whereas this time i'm gutted right because i was i was probably knocking on the door of, of being the fittest i've been a couple races in the calendar like just training really well and enjoying every second of it to go from that to crawling to the bathroom to brush your teeth like at the click of the fingers was, was yeah, it was pretty pretty horrible. But I, I do feel, like you say, Callum, it's uh, it's just a wake-up call, really. It's like a good kick up the arse to be like, you can't get where you want to be with running from just just running, just running exclusively. And the week before, you know, I, I didn't pick any bones about it. Like I, I drank for the first time in like a couple of months quite heavily, got probably about four hours sleep was waking up early still running hard but not doing anything like pre-run when it comes to you know when i'm at home i'll do like uh i'll I'll always always wake up do a bit of rolling um do some drills and stuff like before every run even an easy run but drills and strides before harder runs whereas last week I, i just didn't do any of that at all and didn't sleep so it's probably no surprise that my body's gone hang on a minute like you want to try and do this training off no rest and recovery or rehab stuff um and something had to give right and it turns out it's my uh my hip that's decided yeah. to go it's the same with everything though like you know in an ideal when everyone starts running you do all your easy runs too fast until your body gets a niggle and then you go someone your mate who's run more than you says oh mate you know you shouldn't be doing them at six minute mile and you should be doing them at seven and then you're like oh right i didn't know that and same with you know people one thing i see all the time is people having protein shakes before they go for a run because you hear protein shakes healthy it's like oh runners have protein shakes like why would you have protein before you go for a run? You'd have yeah. you'd have some carb drink or whatever, but you don't know until you know. Do you get what I mean? And what's good about this podcast, yeah. what I love it anyway, is like, you know, we've got Ben who's in Kenya at the moment and he's next to athletes that would have been doing it literally their whole life since they were five or six years old that know running inside out and, you know, it's all the norm. So people who will have just stumbled across his YouTube channel who are trying to run their first 5k who might now be listening to podcast and be like, Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be like Tom. So I better do some gym work. Do you get what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a really different scale, which I know we take the piss a lot and we, and like, it's, you know, it's just how we are as people. Like, this is how we discuss things, you know, like I, of course I care about YouTube, but I say it in like a very brutal way too, because that's just how we get along. But I think a lot of people do relate with the fact that, you know, the, the issues you're going for is just what every runner goes through. Do you know what I mean? So um, if we're running well every week, I don't think it would be a very good podcast, to be honest. 
No. And yeah, what, yeah, one it, thing it, I wanted to add, Tom, is before before we move on to Callum's week, is I can definitely relate to sort of having a bit of a niggle and then sort of almost making sure that it is an injury by going and doing another run. I think that's quite a normal thing for us because we don't want to break our routine and just sort of stop the training when we when we st- sort of almost can still go out the door and, and get a run done. We So I can definitely relate to having had niggles in the past and and then going out for a, for a run, even having like two or three days of continuing to run with a niggle before I really re- finally realised, hang on a second, this isn't, this isn't getting any better and I need to take this recovery a bit more seriously. Um, and I think for me as well, I only just started doing strength and conditioning work maybe about nine months ago. Um, and that was after a bit of a, an injury. I found that I had some weaknesses in, in my, in my legs from, from just basically running in a straight line all the time. So definitely getting in the gym. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the best person to talk about gym work because I only do 30 minutes of strength work a week. And that's just seems to have, of work for me I do sort of like circuit training um so focus on a lot of single leg stuff and that just helps with any imbalances that I've that I've got um so yeah I can definitely relate to it in terms of of having a, a little bit of a, a niggle I mean you've done the right thing as well by going to a physio and seeking advice and if somebody professional tells you that you're okay to run then 100% I'd be going out the door even if I was in pain myself so I can definitely relate to it obviously not the best situation because unfortunately probably sounds like I reckon it was those strides you did have ended up making it quite a lot worse unfortunately and then probably running 3k at easy pace has just confirmed it for you but yeah hopefully get some strength work in take it easy over the next few weeks and you can get get back to to running fairly shortly yeah yeah it's it's it is a funny one isn't it it really gives you a uh an insight into how your your brain works when you're injured because even on that Tuesday when I woke up and I could barely put weight on my uh, on my right leg I still thought like okay I'm not going to do the session this morning but maybe like by lunchtime I'll be able to to get out and run because maybe my leg will just wake up a little bit and I'll be able to warm it up enough like in my head I was still dead set on running sub three minute pace for some k reps that day yeah. despite the fact that I couldn't walk so it's a uh, yeah it's it's a funny old business but um before we move on to Callum's week just want to say uh thank you to the way more people than i anticipated reached out after i put those um instagram stories up just telling a little bit of backstory about the injury um saying that they're either going through something similar or they've just been through you know something similar um and it's just really nice when you when you realize that there's you're not you're obviously not alone in this sort of situation there's probably runners listening to this right now who can't run because of injuries and niggles um so yeah thank you to those people who reached out because it was um it was very nice it, it touched my soul very yeah. wholesome yeah on the topic of the the mental health side of things i can also definitely relate to periods of time where i can't run and you realize how much it means to you getting out the door sharing um so that's definitely relatable and i know a lot of people as soon as they if they've been running for sort of like six months without any injury at all to get that even even two or three tough so yeah feel for you hopefully you can you can get back soon but my advice would be as well if just to try and focus on what you can do so even if at the moment it's not that much but just getting some stretching in um just general self-care like getting getting some good sleep um, and, and then eventually when you can do some cross training is try and be on, on going to the gym, getting on the trainer. It's not, it's not fun when you're doing it, but from being, being injured myself, I can like remember the sort of 
you still get the same sort of buzz from getting off the cross trainer, having done an hour of solid sort of cardiovascular fitness um, to then go home and you, you feel a lot better, especially men, the mental health side of things. Um, if you just focus on what you can rather than what you can't, which is obviously not being able to run at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when you're, when you're training well, you boys probably know this all too well. When, when you're training really well, um, you're fit. Like you have a, you have a different aura about you almost not getting all like, you know, crystally and, and wishy-washy, but you feel, it feels different, right? When you're, when you're fit, when you're running well, you just feel good about yourself, like confidence levels. Yeah, just, just confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Like general self-esteem, like you just feel, you feel good about yourself. Whereas I've noticed even in the week that it's been less than a week really of, of not running, you look at yourself in the mirror, you just think, oh, you're, you're like, you don't feel that good anymore like you you don't feel like you're in shape anymore you feel like you've lost you know fitness and and all the rest of it after like a week which isn't the case right you'll lose a bit of sharpness but you won't lose actual fitness that you've built over the last 12 weeks after one week of no running but yeah it, it definitely it, it affects you massively if you let it um so i think your advice like you say of just doing little things that you can do that contribute to just better mental health if you can get out for a nice little walk even if it's just stupid simple shit like making your bed in the morning and uh stuff like that i'm talking on on behalf of experience with this stuff like i need to keep doing those things to to remain feeling sane to be honest um and yeah it's sometimes it's just those little overlooked things which can make quite a big difference to just your overall well-being isn't it so yeah we'll we'll be back um i've got no doubt about that and it will be quite soon i think unless paul <laughs> has a look at me and says yeah you got a stressy lad you're out for a, you're out for eight weeks um i reckon we'll um, we come to it i reckon what you do is you uh get onto the pro direct website <laughs> on, onto the old swim onto the swimming section yeah get yourself <laughs> get yourself some speedos and some goggles Get down yeah, to the local yeah. pool, do what you can, you know. Bit of aqua jogging, bit of swimming, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'll I'm sure desperate pool. for a pair of pair of vapor flies, aren't you, Cal? Well, Katie, if like, you're listening, I was just wondering if um, Ben is running five actually works on the swimming section, or is that only for running shoes? Someone actually asked him in, in this week's question. In this week's um, interesting, give, give it a go. Someone says here, I'll read it now because it's it relates. It says, Andy. Great pod. Wondering what Tom's discount code is for ProDirect was because he mis he misheard it in the previous episode. So what's the what's your ProDirect discount code, Tom? What's what's my personal discount? I think he was referring to when I mentioned that I had my discount code. So, but yeah, you got. Legend I... Andy, legend Andy's basically trying to deprive <laughs> Ben of his commission, and I'm all here for that. So, honestly, you know what I think he just everyone wants should Tom's. do. I think everyone should just pay the extra 5%, right? Not to line this this man's pockets. I think everyone just just don't do the discount <laughs> code, right? I'm de-influencing, all right? De-influencing, this is me, this is yeah. me de-influencing after last pod. Um, no, but, but seriously, um, I'd love to see you in a pair of Speedos getting some lengths in, Tom. So update us, update us on the story if you do get down to the pool. Uh, and Andy, if you're listening, maybe make that mandatory on his plan, maybe three or four times a week, some, some early oh. morning swims. He actually told me to go swimming, uh, <laughs> but I can't. I can't swim. It's a story for another day. But I've nearly drowned to death twice. Um, so yeah, nearly I, I'm drowned. Not very nearly drowned to death. I'm interested to know. I'm glad you didn't <laughs> drown to life. So that's that's, that's good. 
almost died, <laughs> but he's here, so he nearly drowned to death. So yeah, yeah we'll save that for a special episode. Maybe we'll when we do a, a life stories, a little Piers Morgan deep dive onto, um, <laughs> onto Tom Fallen. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for a rainy day. No, we'll right, put I'll that. We'll, we'll we'll put that behind a paywall actually, so we can really <laughs> we can milk your life story for what it's worth. That's yeah, a good point. When we start our Patreon, you'll get exclusive Speedo content. Um, and, and you can find out how I nearly died at Brighton Beach when I was seven years old. How there we that? go. There we That's go. That's worth three ninety nine a month or something, isn't it? And on that note, should at we least. move on to my to my running week? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Well, um, yeah. As I reminded people on last pod, so I raced the national, and then kind of the week after, so last week, um, was just about taking a bit of downtime. To be honest, I had three days totally off, so I had the Sunday after the race. Um, and then I had the Monday, Tuesday, just completely off running. Um, I tend to do this in between seasons all the time, at least kind of three days, just totally off. Um, no gym, no no running, nothing. Um, and this is, to be honest, normally I really don't like it. And when I've done it previously, I'm kind of like, Nick, my coach, is quite serious with me because he knows that I might not stick to it. So he's often like, no, three days fully nothing and then gives me kind of a little bit of a carrot of an easy run on the fourth day or whatever. But this time, honestly, I had no ambition to run on any of the days. Um, Like physically felt fine and recovered from the race. But mentally, I was like, yeah, I'm actually quite happy just to chill for a few days, kind of like eat what I want, not have to worry about getting up, doing whatever. Um, The only difference I noticed is like, Again, like you said about making your bed, Tom, I'm such a routine person of like, I get up, do a bit of work, you know, I'm getting ready. I basically structure my day around my training sessions for that day. So if I know I'm doing a morning run and an evening, it's like my work, my eating, everything fits around the training, but not Mm. having the training, I was kind of like, oh crap, like done all my work. It's like midday, you know, or like I want to eat my lunch at 11 just because I'm normally hungry. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it it, it was slightly odd, but um, did get back running on Wednesday. Um, 4.37 4.37 miles at 8.59 per mile. Um, so 40 minutes easy, pretty much, um, with Alice. Just a little knock around after work, 6 p.m., dark. Not very fun, but it was good to just ease back into things. Um, and very similar on Thursday, actually. Um, 5.33 miles at 6.49 per mile, so another about 35 minutes. Um, just a couple of easy jogs, kind of just to get back into things, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, really uneventful but kind of important if the way i see it is like if you want to peak in three or four months down the line maybe even five months down the line in the summer then if you start hammering it now you're going to get really fit but you're going to get fit when it doesn't matter if you see what i mean which for people who don't know how the season works you kind of want to run fast and get qualifying times then you want to run at championships and then kind of after is sort of a little bit of freebie time and british champs this year is the 8th of july so if you're looking to be kind of flying around late June, July, then if you're flying in April, you're in trouble kind of because um, you can't sustain it for that long. So these next few weeks for me are just kind of about jogging about, getting back into some easiest sessions um, and just kind of enjoying the mental break really. Um, So on the Friday, I went out again, I went on some trails, eight and a half miles. Uh, This is with Ben Jones who ran really well yesterday at the Cambridge Half. Shout out, Ben. Don't think he listens. but um, And Ben's actually written here, plus having a good feel of Callum's Invincible 3s. So um, <laughs> he actually asked me specifically for this run if I could wear my Invincibles because he's thinking of getting a pair. And um, when we stopped outside my house, he got down and um, just had a feel of the, the, the sole and of the, the fabric and stuff and wanted to know about the heel counter because apparently he didn't like the Invincible 2. So... Um, I can't remember if he was impressed, but there you go. 
Um, that was Friday. Did you give him my code for Pro Direct Running? I actually didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, um, right, that's it. I, I, Come on. I would, Come on. I, would, I would have given him it wrong anyway because I've just seen that it's Benny's running and then it's got something like, what have you got, like spring after it or something? Or like, yeah, what? SP. SP, yeah, there you go. SP23, I wouldn't have known that, would I? So probably gave him it wrong anyway. Um, yeah. Saturday. you came up with that, by the way. That's Dan Prettijohn job, that. That's all right. <laughs> shout, shout out, shout out, Quite Shout out, Dan. Strongest haircut in running. Um, <laughs> right, Saturday. Oh, Friday night, by the way. So I don't really go out that much, to be fair. Like, I'm pretty, you know, like, well, I just don't go out very much. Um, but some of our friends, uh, my analysis friends, came up uh, Friday evening to stay. So went out Friday night, had a bit of a knees up, was good fun. Um, so Saturday, I didn't actually run until the afternoon. I ran at 1.22 p.m. Um, seven and a half miles, well, 7.35 miles. At 6.29s, uh, I've put here, sponsored by Vodka, Lime and Soda, which it was. My head was not in a great place, but there you go. And, Interesting uh, drink of choice, though. Is that your go-to? It, it, it varies, honestly. You know, it varies. Sometimes I want something a bit more sugary, so I might get, like, something with lemonade or Coke or something like that. But I wasn't drinking beers. I think I had a few beers at home, but then when I went out, I just... We went to went to Crazy Golf and um, <laughs> didn't win. No, you think it didn't win. Um mm. But he's in the strut for the rest of the night. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I, I don't actually. I don't actually know why I was. I wasn't drinking beer, but for some reason, I felt. I think I felt a bit full after the pizza, so I just got on the uh, the VLSs. Very nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was Saturday. Sunday to finish the week, a little bit of a longer one, but still easy. Uh, just eleven point one nine miles at seven fourteens. And this, if you've seen my Strava graph, you'll you'll be able to agree with this. This was basically just jogging down. So I jogged down to meet Holly Archer because we were both going to watch the race and kind of did like two miles. And then for the rest of the run, it was literally just darting about Cambridge, you know, like through dead ends and random bits to try and um, catch as much of the Cambridge half as we could. Um, I had a couple of people racing that I coach, which was great to be able to support them in person on the course. Um, special mention to Alex, who got a, a great PB, ran 78 minutes. Uh, and also a lot of the the guys and girls from from Cambridge, my club, were, um, were racing and did really well. So, um, yeah, great race, actually. I had no concept because I've not lived in Cambridge when it's been on before. I had no idea how big it was. 14,000 runners, apparently. So that's a pretty, mm, wow. pr- pretty monstrous event. And um, if you know Cambridge, it's pancake flat. So um, some really fast times. I think there was maybe, I don't know exactly, but I think it's probably 15 to 20 people sub 70 minutes. So that's pretty good, isn't it? It might have even been more than that, honestly. Um, and I know the winner, Nick, Nick Borker, I've put him in the results, actually, but Nick ran... 75 at uh, run 65 11 yeah that's right 105 11 so um yeah really fast running and that was good fun to support actually i normally get pretty bad fomo at these things i really wish i was racing but again like i said my i've just been kind of chilling this week i've had no desire to to do anything crazy so uh a nice week of 36.7 miles um so yeah good amount of volume still to just keep ticking over and the week that we're recording now i'm kind of taking that a step up to not full training so no doubles but i'll get a couple of light sessions in and um yeah a little bit more volume and stuff and so from now until kind of the summer it'll just be ramping up every single week so i'm excited i like this part where you kind of 
you're fit, but you're not sharp. And then every week you get a little bit fitter. Sessions get a bit more challenging and you can kind of really ramp it up. It's probably my favorite bit of training, actually. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, nice. Cambridge Half is a, uh, is a lovely race. It's the first half I ever did. Um, I got scraped off the floor by, uh, I think you know this story, Ben, uh, Joe. Joe Wells. Oh, yeah. He was, he was at Saucony before he moved over to, to work it on. And um, he, yeah, he literally picked me up off the floor um, after Cambridge Half Marathon 2020 before the world shut down. So special did place. You, hopefully heart, you got right? to the finish line at that, at that one. Oh, no, yeah, it? yeah, I did. Yeah, after yeah, the finish line, yeah? Worry. Yeah, yeah, it was. Good, good. It was. Um, yeah, it's amazing race and a great city for a race. Like all the people coming out and stuff is great. I just, and again, not, not calling out any of the organizer or anything like that, but I just, when big races like this don't offer incentives to really drive fast quality fields it just mm. annoys me like it costs 40 50 quid whatever to enter and there's fourteen thousand people and i know if you organize events and stuff out there then yeah i'm not pretending to be an expert i know you've got massive overheads of road closures and marketing and all that kind of thing but to not even offer like local runners in cambridge some of which are professional some of which are you know rapid england gb runners even a free entry or offer, you know, even a thousand quid prize money or, you know, 700 quid prize money or whatever to incentivize people. I just think people are really missing out because being so close to areas like London, where you have such a hub of really good runners, there's no reason that that race shouldn't have. I know 65 minutes is a great winning time. Of course it is, but there's no reason it shouldn't have 10 guys running 63 minutes, you know, because it's, it's a great course in a great location. There's just no incentive for people to, to kind but yeah, just my little two cents there. There's a lot of races that do that, but yeah, no, not you, you're dead right because Cambridge has been around for a long time, right? This this half, and for it to keep happening, someone's getting rich from it. Um, someone's making decent money off the back of it, aren't they? And it's it's not it's definitely not the people who are winning the race. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's um. It's- Go on, ben. If anyone from um, if anyone from Cambridge Half is listening, then uh, maybe we could volunteer to put a prize pot for next year. We could do a little like fundraiser or something and put it, try and raise some money for the winner of the Cambridge Half, and then they could be sponsored by the Run It Freeways podcast. <laughs> Good idea, to be honest. We'll do a little like crowd. Do you remember? Um, yeah, if Cambridge match it? it, if Cambridge, if you match whatever we raise, then yeah. There was that. Um, there good. was that track series. I can't remember what it was called, but Lloyd Kempson was was commentating it. And they had uh, on the live stream, you could donate money, like the viewers oh, could yeah. donate wasn't money. It, the whole time. Wasn't it? Wasn't it for Comeback Five Thousand or not? It might. Yeah, have been. yeah. Comeback Five Thousand. Yeah, they they yeah. did they they did a great job of that. Yeah, you could as the live stream was on, you could donate money, and then it got split so between the, the winners of, the winners of the races. Yeah, which was really good, especially because if you imagine like. You could hold off. Say, say you guys are watching it and I'm racing. If I'm off the back, you ain't giving a tenner. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if I'm in the if I'm in the top three and it's the bell lap, drop a fifty in there. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Because anything can happen. Um, yeah, I, I really like that. I think it's a really nice way. Like it's almost like gambling, right? But without the the uh, uh, the nasty part of gambling. Like you're just putting money on, but for the love of it. Um, I enjoyed that very much. It's good good system. Um, yeah. Anyway, on, running news. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say um, that on you know, like 
that aside of the the race and you know not inviting people and whatever whatever it genuinely a great event and to see you know club runners coming out and, and running those times is really good so yeah i'm not throwing shade on the event at all i just it's just one of my pet hates that people don't put the hand in the pocket a little bit to try and you know boost the sport up um but yeah running news do you want to uh, start with the the domestic races there was there was Trafford 10k which uh Richard Allen won uh, from Leeds City in 2904 and Sam Harrison won in 3055 um which was a course record I think for Sam Harrison as well who's deep in marathon training so she had to double I saw on her Instagram she had to then go out and double later that day which is must be brutal after running that time for 10k um yeah it's the, so, the first yeah. time that a woman's gone sub sub 31 uh, mm-hmm. at Trafford 10k so yeah unbelievable showing from yeah. yeah so um yeah great race that at Trafford there's loads of other good results but I've just gone for the 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 winning male and female and yeah. Cambridge half as mentioned that was the other big race Nick Borker won in 65-11 and Verity Hopkins won in 73-39 um so yeah two two good domestic races sometimes we don't shine enough light on the uh the domestic ones we jump straight to the the juicy championships or American races so thought I'd add those um, European indoors, Tom, you want to fly through any results there? Um, yeah, Jakob did the double, which is, is yeah, he sort of just expected at this point, isn't it, almost? But um, that was good to see. And uh, who, who wrote the show notes? Was it you, Ben? No. It was indeed, yeah. Oh, well, you said for, for that For that bit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm sorry, I edited the bits below it, which I thought you were going to mention. Sorry, but go ahead. Yeah, he said his, uh, his form just doesn't break. And you're dead right. He, he's a silky bastard, isn't he? Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Yeah, um, he just seems to ramp it up and up and up. And it doesn't look like he's changing in terms of, like nothing changes in terms of his form. He just gets quicker every single lap. And you just watch the people behind him just like breaking, basically. Their form just goes out the window. Their arms are all over the place. Their head starts bobbing. And Jakob just sits at the front and carries on cranking it up. So yeah, it's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, and then solid showing from Neil Gawley as well, who came second in the 1500s. Um, he, he seems to be in pretty stellar shape at the moment based off recent results that we've spoken about on the podcast over the last couple of weeks or so. Yeah, I think he I think he seemed pretty mixed emotions about it because a lot of people thought he could beat Jakob. Obviously, Jakob's been a bit ill. No one really knew his form. He only, yeah. and I say only, ran 332 indoors compared to like getting ready for last year's champs where he'd run that 330 world record. Gawley's been running out of his mind. So, like, I think people thought oh, he might actually be able to do it. And to see how mm. reasonably effortlessly Jakob just went, ah, you, you, you know, you ain't going to beat me that easily kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got the impression from Gawley's interview, he was a little bit taken aback in terms of, I really did my best there. I was beaten by the better man, but kind of like, yeah. right, back to the drawing board. How the hell are we going to beat this guy? Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I actually watched that race and he nearly got around him on the last bend, but I think. Almost because it was an indoor race, it it didn't really favour Neil too well because he had to go around the long way with Jakob. Um, I was wondering if it was an outdoor race, obviously on a four hundred meter track and not two hundred. If he'd had had more of a chance, obviously it's not it's not an outdoor race, is it? So it doesn't really matter. But I think trying to go around Jakob on the bend is is going to be difficult for any well, virtually impossible for any runner. So he did a good job of it and to come away with second. I think you still got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think it's just worth like you. We you got got to realize like Jakob's changed running 
completely. Like if you look at the pre-Jakob years at any championship race, and it is kind of a shame because I remember watching like the greatest sprint finishes ever on TV from Olympics and world champs because they'd literally jog and then the bell would ring and they would just start sprinting out of their minds. If you look at how Farah <laughs> won his golds, like, yeah. and obviously it's amazing now to see world records all the time to watch, you know, people run amazing fast races and it's a different style of racing. But Jakob is clever enough to go, hang on, if I'm the fittest and strongest guy out of these 10 blokes, why on earth would I leave it to the last 20 seconds of running? I'm going to just run so hard that all of you are going to lose your sprint finish capabilities anyway. So often I think it feels like, oh, look, Gawley's quite close to Jakob. But in Jakob's brain, he's probably thinking, I've got 10 different gears that I can go through here if needed. Do you see what yeah. I mean? And the one time that someone did catch him, not and Jakob didn't, you know, he didn't burn them off enough and take enough out was Whiteman. And Whiteman had that little bit in the tank that he could then, you know, he could beat him. And if you look at the 800 PBs, Jakob is like, two seconds slower, two and a half seconds slower than Gawley over 800. So that man knows not to leave it to a sprint finish. He's taking it down a second every single lap and really making people hurt. I would hate to be in a race with him. It must be the most depressing thing ever, just like thinking you have a chance and then every lap being like, oh shit, this really hurts and he's just running off. It must be crazy. Makes it look easy, doesn't he? It, I don't know if, um, if you boys or, or any listeners are into combat sports at all, but only because it's fresh in my memory. You had the return of... Uh, of John Jones, arguably the, the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. And he reminds me of Jakob a bit in the way that he just goes through people like butter. Like, it just looks easy, right? Like, it's rare to see Jakob struggling. Like, it's rare to see him uh, even look, like, facially. He just looks relaxed. He, he knows what he's there to do, and he almost always just executes. So it's, yeah, just a privilege to watch him race, to be honest, isn't it? So moving on from uh, Jakob's um, exploits, as you can see, that conversation ended pretty abruptly. That's because we've had some uh, Kenyan connection issues. Or who knows, maybe the connections were rooted in Bradford-upon-Avon with, uh, <laughs> you, with, with your boy Tom. Um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to uh, crack on with some of the results. Um, so some other notable mentions from European indoors, of course, were Keely Hodgkinson winning the 800 um, pretty easily, to be honest. Um, her PB was like three seconds quicker than anyone else in the field. So she jogged it in. Um, but what was really nice is she dedicated the win to uh, one of her old coaches um, that first got her into athletics, who sadly passed away the week of the race. Um, so that was a, a really nice touch, very um, mature and kind of great thing to do. So that was good. Um, Laura Muir won gold in the 1500. Um, and she looked battered, honestly. Like she like said herself that she didn't know what shape she was in, but she didn't want to sit at home and watch it on TV. She'd rather just get there and give it a go. And um, she didn't look like the formidable Laura Mer that, yeah, that you normally watch, but she still got the job done, which shows how how class she is. I love and, that attitude. It's amazing, isn't it? Don't want to watch it from home. I'll just go out and smash the granny out of it and see what happens. Exactly, exactly. And um, to cap it all off, a really kind of almost like a, a movie ending, Jasmine Sawyers, who had been named team captain earlier, uh, well, at the start of the championships for Great Britain, um, kind of closed it off with a gold in the long jump and actually jumped seven metres, 7.00. Um, and seven metres, if you don't know about long jump, and I didn't know this until all this happened, is apparently like the holy grail for female long jumping. It's like, it's, I suppose it's like, you know, running a three sub-350 mile for men, if you see what I mean, or running a sub-13 5K for men kind of, those sort of things, jumping a seven meters 
um, long jump for women apparently is is the holy grail. Um, and her reaction to that is world class. So um, yeah, go on to Sports Shoes Races on Instagram because they've got a really good video of her reaction and stuff. Um, that that was really good. So yeah, a good championships for for European indoors actually. Um, shouts out to Jack Rowe and James West as well. I know we've discussed them on previous podcasts. Uh, they both gave it a real good shot in the 3K. Um, didn't materialize in terms of medals or anything, but it's good to see people that race domestically. And James West did loads before he went to Oregon. And Jack Rowe still turns out for road relays and stuff like that. So to see them going from racing people like me to then going and racing Jakob is is, is fantastic. Um, and we'll probably mention on a future podcast the whole debacle that's going on right now with the British Athletics selection policies and how they're going to be, you know, essentially selecting less people that they only think are going to podium or, or win medals. So uh, if you want to know anything about that, go to Philly Bowden because she does a video where she explains how you can qualify, what a world ranking is, and then why you might not still might not get selected, even if you get the standards. So um, it's a pretty good video. She explains it way better than we could. So um, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, any results from the... Oh, I'll tell you what, Tom. Um, we bloody missed Emil's thing off. You talk about that. We did, yeah. So I, during the Kenyan connectivity intermission, I added a couple of extra bits on here. Um, so first of all, we'll start off with Emil. We've spoken a lot about Emil Caress uh, over the, the first couple of episodes of the podcast, to be honest, when we were talking about athletes we're excited about for the year and, and whatnot. And he's definitely, it's not as if he was like a wild card pick. Emil's always been class, but to see him do what he did um, over the over the weekend was phenomenal. So for those who don't know, uh, it was again like a sports shoes race along with podium. They put on like a, a 10 mile race. They had Andy Butchart there. They had Emil Caress there. Um, loads of pacemakers with the, the goal of beating the European record for 10 mile. And Emil basically did it solo. So he was solo from six and a half K. Uh, and he ran 45 57 for, for 10 miles, which is outrageous, especially considering it was. I think it was 15 laps in total of just like a paved circuit, um, totally by himself. And that's, yeah, that's probably in the thick of some pretty serious uh, mileage if he's building up to, to London Marathon as well. So, yeah, I think he looked phenomenal during that. Like, I, I think he looked, yeah, he's, he's a smooth mover, isn't he, Emil? Um, yeah that that was a world-class event that's exactly what athletics needs like how yeah. they put that on and again I, 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 this wasn't a loaded question from earlier because i'd totally forgotten um actually about the event when i was mentioning cambridge half but yeah. podium i don't know what budget they got from adidas sports shoes etc but you know paid pacers to do a job and got the job done and that just shows you the return on investment you know like for however long that European record stands, for everyone doing it in Adidas kit, in the brand new shoes, the brand new colorway, you know, it paid off to pay 14 really good lads, some of Britain's best distance runners, to get yeah. down there and pace it, to put on the branding, to pay to get the officials to make sure it's all ratified and you have the full license, to have a branded car. Like, you know, it, the only shame is that it's in Barrowford, but that's where the fast <laughs> that's where the fast course is, you know. Yeah. I've raced that I raced there in 2018. Um and ran like remarkably quick com compared to the shape I was in at the time. I wasn't really running. I was playing football and it is an absolutely rapid course. But imagine if that was in central London, you could get, you know, 5,000 people down to oh, watch it, you know? So it's, that's the only shame, but it just shows you what can be done. Um, when people and shout out to Chris Barnes who runs podium 5k, because, you know, back when I went in 2017 and 2018, 
it was you walk into a storage container, you give this this woman a fiver. I nearly called her, I nearly called her old, but I don't actually know if she was old. She just, <laughs> that's just how I remember it. Maybe I was young. Um, fiver. She gives you a number and asks you what race you want to be in. You self seed yourself if you want to be in the A, a race, B race, or C race, and then. You go to the start line and Chris Barnes has counted up how much money he's made from people that have turned up or whatever, decides a suitable amount for who's going to win and who's going to break the course record and just goes, right, you ready, lads? It's 100 quid for this, 50 quid for this, three, two, one, off you go. I love and people it. And people run rapid, you know. Mark Scott ran the five uh, the five K British record there. So, yeah, that's how you do athletics, in my opinion, or how we need to start doing athletics if we want to turn it into a football, basketball, you know, a, a global sport. Totally agree. And obviously, myself working for ProDirect and Ben being affiliated with ProDirect, like sports shoes are our biggest competitor as a retailer. But we're all we're all friends. Like I know those guys and they're they're all great lads. And to see to see what they did with that event, um, they've actually hired um, uh, Podium to collaborate on those events with them. And to like you say, to have everybody in the kit look in the business, but then to also actually break a European record. And all of the coverage that they were posting over that event was amazing. Like I've seen that finish from Emil over and over and over again, and it never gets old. Like watching him, you know, uh, celebrate across the finish line. Um, he hugged his mum as well straight away. That was the first thing he did. Hugged his mum and offered. He got five grand for that, um, and immediately he wanted to offer it to the pacemakers that that helped him and stuff. So I think it was just a very wholesome like event in general. And like you say, exactly what we need more of in running um yeah it's a fair yeah. play to everybody involved with that and obviously emil for breaking the record just makes me even more excited to see what he's going to do at um at london to be honest if he can uh if he can run that well in the thick of a, a big training block it's uh it's exciting stuff yeah the yeah. one thing i will say about that is and i've had this on pretty good authority um is that apparently emil is not like this this marathon is not going to be a full out preparation mm. so obviously he's it'll be full out for most people's marathon training but you've got to remember canova's all out marathon training will be on a different level right yeah so i've i've heard they're still targeting fast like you know similar to i presume he's going to try and go for a world champs time or olympic time right but yeah. um so i've been told this is kind of like a semi build-up for a fast marathon and then the paris build-up will be the all out let's go try and get a medal at paris build-up so um yeah, I still think we can expect a, a 208, 209, but it makes you excited if 208, 209 is not the all out. Maybe Paris yeah. will be, who knows, 204, 205, we'll see. Yeah, yeah definitely. And talking of other meets that have put on some good events, is another one in America called Sound Running. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about these guys, but they put on some really good races over in America um, and they've come, come with some good results again. This week, they had their... They had a 10,000 meter race and Eilish McColgan ran 30 minutes exactly for a new British <laughs> record, which is incredible. Shame she didn't quite get under 20 into the 29s. But uh, anyway, another Morgan Lake moment there. And uh, the American record also was broken by Alicia Monson in that race by, uh, with 30.03, which is, yeah, impressive stuff. They must have had a real good battle there. I didn't actually watch the race, just watched the, the final sprint finish of, of Eilish proper grimacing as she does coming down the back straight. And um, in the men's 10K as well, they had a cracking race between Woody and, and Joe, Kle- Joe Klecker. Um, they recently raced over 5K and, and Woody again just pipped Joe Klecker over the, the 10K distance, running 27.06, which is a world standard. So, yeah, another good example of a, a, 
a company or an organization that put on really good events, pay athletes well, and then get yeah. the results as a result of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. loved it. I loved watching that. I think um, Joe Klecker in particular was quite quite pissed off afterwards because uh, I think he was getting clipped quite a lot. That was That's what I saw anyway, what I read about. Um, so who knows how fast those boys could have gone without without that. Um, and Eilish was really, she seemed to be quite uh, nursing quite an injury going into it with her knee. Like her knee was heavily taped up on her Instagram story. She was talking about how her knee was really swollen like the day before um, the race. So to go out there and, and get it done in that fashion with a British record is, yeah, nothing short of amazing, to be honest. Yeah, but this is mm. the messed up thing, right? This is... Like it's for all the positives that come out of it, such as Sam running that was born during COVID to put on meets for people. They did all the Bauman stuff and now they've continued to do, to do meets for people to run fast. The world standards and Olympic standards are so fast that mm. you have to go to a race like this where it's absolutely stacked to have a chance of breaking it. So it's great for a spectator to an extent where like, we're going to get a night of the 10 KPBs where every man and his dog's trying to run, you know, super fast. We're going to get a sound running meet where everyone's got to go for it, but you can't help feel someone like Alish McCorgan with a bit of a bad knee. You've got the option of, right. I even need to find another time in the year to run a rapid 10 K or, I've got to take my moment while I can, where I know there's going to be a rapid 10K in California in perfect weather with people that are trying to run fast, you know? So, I, I you know, I love to see people running fast and competing against each other, but I do think it, it's a slippery slope of kind of like, we're going to get the top of the top all in one bracket, and then we're going to kind of get everyone else, if you yeah. see what I mean. it's it. I, I wish there was still some some racing and not everything was just run as fast as you can every time. I do wish there was some like, let's just race for some, some points or some pride, you know? Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the only other bits that I, I thought of literally whilst we were recording is um, Paris half marathon happened. Um, won't go through all the results because I, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but most the one that stood out the most to me uh, from a European interest standpoint, I suppose, is uh, Jimmy Gressier ran his half marathon debut and he ran sub 60 in his debut, which is pretty good what? in it, really, for a European. He ran 59 55 um, wow. at Paris half and he, he's off the back of he ran 27 33, I think, for a PB um, last weekend or weekend before. But what I found particularly interesting about this, aside from the fact that that is a phenomenal debut for, especially for a European, right, um, is in the 10K he wore Vaporfly three, and in this half marathon he was back to Vaporfly two, and Run IX on on Instagram they do an amazing job at covering the sport over there, and there's loads of great shoe content and whatnot on there, which I'm obviously a big fan of. Um, but they were saying that he much much prefers. Vaporfly 2 to Vaporfly 3 said it feels lighter, faster, just more direct on foot. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting one and probably not the best news in the world for um, for Nike if they've got an athlete like him choosing the, the second version of the shoe over the third version despite having worn both of them in races. Um, but, yeah, that was a good, good uh, a, well, great performance. And then, obviously, Tokyo Marathon happened, which... Again, I don't have all the results to hand, um, but one of the results that stands out the most to me was uh, Cam Levins, Canadian, who ran 2.05, uh, 2.05 something. Can't remember the exact time, but an unbelievable run from him. Um, 
he's been around for, for such a long time now, Cam Levins. I remember watching like a flow track video of him like five, six years ago of him just banging stupid mileage, like hundred. It's when he it's when he was in Nike Oregon project. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was running silly mileage. The stories of him going up to 170, 180 miles a week um and holding it for sustained periods of time. So to see him uh have such a blinder at, at Tokyo, yeah, it's just I, I love stories like that. I love people who've been around for a long time still putting in the work kind of in the background. Like he's not a household name, right? We don't, we haven't spoken about Cam Levins once on this podcast. We don't, you don't really know what he's up to. But then he pops up at Tokyo and runs, uh, runs two hundred five. So I enjoyed that story. Um, yeah, that was, was a uh, Canadian, Canadian and North American record as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. not bad. Um, yeah. So after thinking we don't have that many race results, it turns out we didn't do much running last week. But there was actually loads of other running to talk about. <laughs> um, so I think we'll jump into a couple of listener questions now. And um, rather than go through them in the order that we have written them down, I think we'll just pick out a few that I think could be um, particularly interested. Um, one, you know, I don't know if Tom, if you've experienced this, but I know Ben, you might have had some experience. Um, super fan Rory has been in touch. Um, <laughs> th- thanks, Rory. He firstly, he apologizes for not being in touch sooner, um, but he wonders if anyone's tried the stride pod for tracking their running power or ever consider training based off power instead of heart rate or pace? Um, ben, Tom, any experience with either the stride pod or some kind of foot pod? Yeah, so I recently got given the uh, the Coros pod. Um, it was a gifted thing for, from Coros, um, and I gave it a try. Um, but where I run is actually pretty flat and, and con- pretty much countryside. So the main benefit of, of wearing a pod is you run to power, and it can help you in, in areas where it's like really hilly, there's a lot of elevation, and a lot of the pods work off um, your foot strike, so they can be more accurate than like a GPS. So I personally just found that it wasn't adding enough for me in terms of additional sort of data, if you like, to, to impact my running at all. So I haven't really used my pod too much, but I know you you got one as well, Callum. I don't know if you've if you've used it much, but I certainly haven't considered running to power. I, I wouldn't know what's good, what good power is, what, what isn't good power, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I actually use mine on every single run. Um, primarily, when I say use it, I wear it. I'd never look at the power data and I don't use it actively during a run, but I wear it all the time for all sessions and all runs just so I can start building up a big bank of data in the hope that I, it might not be useful now, but in three, four, five months or ho- however long that I've worn it, I collect enough data to either see a pattern that, okay, when I was doing kilometer reps, this was my average power. And then after doing three months of a different S&C plan or of doing something else, I'm now producing more power, if you see what I mean. So mine's more about trying to progress over time rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to look at my watch um, and see what the kind of like power output is. And then I'm going to adjust my effort accordingly. Um, so yeah, I presume StridePod does similar to Koros. Um and I think there can be benefits from it, but if it was on my list of priorities of like, okay, I've got five bits of running kit I can buy, it definitely wouldn't be like, oh, one thing you should 100% get is uh, is a pod. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be my take. Tom, have you ever used one or, or not for you? No, I've, I've never used one. I've never, to be honest, I've never thought about buying one and I've never been given one to, to try out. So I just naturally haven't haven't really looked into it. But I think, if you're a big data person um, and you want more stats 
then it's never it's never going to be a bad thing. And uh, I've seen quite a few people training on Strava to power, um, which is an interesting one. And it seems to be over in America, it's a little bit more popular. So guys like Ben Johnson and Kofuzi seem to train to power um, a fair bit, which is interesting. But Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. pay more attention to that if you told me like Galen Rupp was doing it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Respect, <laughs> exactly. In the most respect. <laughs> No, no, no. But I, I think it's don't, don't they always tell uh, also tell you like your um, uh, how am I going to say this without cadence. the terminology? Your cadence, but also like the amount of like the the distribution from one foot to the other. Yeah, when it comes yeah. To force. So what I was going to say is one thing that you can do with the chorus, and I presume other things, is it comes with an attachment to wear on the back of your shorts, which can be quite interesting to see your left and right balance. So mm. like when Ben spoke earlier about having imbalances. A lot of the guys I know, because when I when I wore it on my foot, someone actually messaged me who's out in America saying, "Oh, mate, you're supposed to wear that on your shorts." And I was like, "Oh, well, I think you can, you know, you can wear it for both." And his training group at, at university is at Wake Forest a D1 school. They all have them and wear them on the back of the shorts for every run, as mainly like a injury prevention type thing. So if you know they see a pattern where they're getting loads more distribution through one side than the other, or, or whatever it is, so um, yeah, it can be useful to see your stride length, to see you you you've foot strike distribution, your cadence, stuff like that. But collecting the data is one thing, acting upon it is another thing. So unless you're going in with the mindset of once I get this data, I'm going to put this plan in action to try and improve any of the stats, then it's just numbers for the sake of numbers, really. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it can be, it can be. Um, On to another question, which might better suit you, Tom. Um, Well, it's for us all, really, is from Sam which says, first first part of the question is, what's your advice on how to best taper for races? He's mainly focused on half marathons. So I guess you guys can both share how you normally taper for a race. But then also, uh, second part is, what's your most enjoyable race distance and why? So um, maybe try and answer them both in one if you can. Maybe go with the, the favorite distance and then how you would taper for it, maybe. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think um, for me at the moment, 10K is a, is a really nice sweet spot like I, I i think it's nice that you can you can do a lot of them right without taking too much out of you um and taper wise i probably similar to 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 both of you i don't like a particularly aggressive taper i enjoy still feeling like i'm in the routine of running so i know some people like to really really dial it back whereas for me i'd prefer to go into a race having done you know uh, a decent little bit of running that week and like a, a baby session or something rather than going in off just easy runs. So before the last 10K I did, for example, I had a little mini session on the Wednesday um, from Andy. And then on the Saturday, even the Saturday, but the day before the race, there was, uh, you know, some like in out miles um, at sort of steady, moderate effort with some like strides and then finished with some 200s, I think as well. So that's that's how I prefer to taper like strip the intensity back and the volume back but still stay in the routine of of running almost as much as you normally would um yeah 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 pretty pretty similar for me to be honest with you uh if i had to pick a distance my favorite distance it would probably be the marathon at the moment um and in terms of my taper for a marathon my sort of rule of thumb is sort of 10 days out from 
from the marathon, you're going to want to bring down the volume pretty drastically, probably around 50% from what your peak mileage was. So, for example, if you run 100 miles, uh, the w- 10 days before a marathon, I'd probably aim to run around 50 miles. So just reduce that intense, the volume and maybe keep the intensity. But with, with the sessions you're going to do, keep, keep that volume down um, so that when it comes to the race, you don't feel lethargic, but, but you feel nice and fresh. Um, and yeah, that'd be my advice for, for tapering. But one thing I would say with, with tapering is practice what works for you because I've, I've found that for longer distance races, I need a proper, like decent taper. Whereas if I'm doing a five or 10 gate, uh, a taper doesn't really have too much of an effect for me in terms of my, my performance at the end of the day. I might not feel as fresh when I'm running it, but in terms of the time on the clock, I've actually found that a big taper doesn't always work for, for a five, 10 K and that's just for me personally. So yeah, try, try race, maybe your, your B goal race, do a taper and see how it felt. Um, and then you can adjust that for the, for the proper race, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, it totally depends on what suits you. I know people that, you know, massively cut down the mileage. I know people that kind of can roll straight into it. Just do what you're used to is what I would say. Um, and if you're not used to anything, then use it as a period of trial and error, right? Like Ben's yeah. a great example where because he's documenting stuff on his YouTube channel and he breaks it down into training blocks, eight weeks here, 12 weeks here, whatever it is, you can see what he changes in each different block. I know that's not a reality for everyone, um, being able to do it so meticulously. But yeah, I would chat to people that have done it more than you and kind of discuss things they do and just just see how you feel. Um, if I race on a Saturday, I always have a session on a Tuesday, the Tuesday before. And if I race on a Sunday, I always have the session on the Wednesday. So what's that, four days before? Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just easy running. So um, yeah, everyone's different in terms of how to taper. Um, enjoyable race distance for me. I don't. I actually don't know. It'll probably be something on the track, but I've not raced on the track for so long that I can't really think what it feels like. Do you get what I mean? Um, but at the time, I enjoy it. But probably five k. Five k is a good distance to for everyone to have a crack at. You know, you have got fifteen hundred runners that are good at it. You got ten k runners that are good at it. Um, yeah, and it's it's not it's it's long enough to be interesting, but it's not too long that it's boring to watch. There's no real dead patches in a five k. So yeah, I'd probably say that um cool one last question boys i think um which um will come from the oh two things actually um (laughs) first thing sorry is from rasmus i can't leave this out so if you remember last week we spoke about uh, mondo Duplantis and his world record bonuses um rasmus is, is a swedish listener who got in touch to say that he's read in the swedish newspaper that um mondo doesn't get a bonus for every world record Instead, there's an allocated bonus, but only one per year. So if he breaks the world record that year, he gets, I presume, a massive bonus. Um, He says, however, the contract is designed in such a way that his bonus is added to next year's base salary for as long as the contract lasts. So rather than him getting, rather than him unlocking a bonus every time he breaks the world record, if he breaks it, he gets a fat wedge added to his base salary for the next year. And then that will just keep compounding over the years. So if he started on 100K, and he gets 50 grand bonus for breaking the world record. The next year he starts on 150k and so on and so forth. So um yeah, sounds like Mondo's doing pretty well, but maybe not as well as we presumed. Yeah, that's that's a good um a good model model actually, isn't it that? Yeah, that's a great bit of knowledge as well. Thanks for yeah. If anyone else has got any insider knowledge, don't just make up lies, but um if you actually <laughs> if, if you actually know stuff that's real, send it because it's um it's pretty interesting. 
Um, and final question, boys, um, comes from Chris, who suggests that um, this must be from a while ago, this one, but when we were discussing the Run It Through Ways celebration that we should have, it was specifically for me, but I guess it can be for any of us now. Um, he suggests that it should demonstrate running three ways, i.e. jogging on the spot, high knees, <laughs> and then some more common wise steps, which is a, is a great idea, but I don't know how long the camera is going to be on us to do something that, that kind of um, out there. So, um, yeah. Boys, any suggestions for what what the Run It Three Way celebration could be? Any ideas? I'm, I'm not being funny, but if I uh, if I rock up to like a run through event or something, or this uh, <laughs> track club 5k, right in in April, if I cross the finish line <laughs> in like 70th place and start doing this, I, <laughs> I don't think it will go down too well. Um, yeah, yeah I think just, it, we'll just it keep it close. simple and stick stick three fingers up. That'll do. Yeah, you, like, you know what we could do? We could. Um, I saw that the inside running boys actually have it on their race vests, which is pretty class. I know they yeah. wore that at the uh, the World Cross. So yeah, maybe rather than a celebration, we could um, just slap the logo on on the old vest, and then if you do find yourself in the the position of winning, you can always just go for the point to the point to the badge. Maybe even kiss the badge if you're feeling oh, beautiful. Feeling do you special. think so? I know Thor have done some um, some stuff recently, like some uh, exclusive singlets with. They did one with like your friendly runners, like Ben Johnson's got his bright pink one. Do you reckon? Um, do you reckon they do one for us in like the same green colour as the logo, uh, just with like run it three ways on the yeah, other they, side? Yeah, they they they, 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 they they probably would. I don't know what the financial implications would be of it, but Lewis is like the <laughs> sick. He's like the sick. So he could definitely. I'm not saying they're actually going to make the vest right, but like he could mock it up, which would be just cool to have. To get what I mean, like if we made a kit, yeah. this is what our kit would look like, you know. And he'd do such a good job of it. But um, yeah, I'm sure he's got better things to do with his time than just make us a funny little graphic. Um, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe if people keep supporting, we can release some kit one day. Um, which someone actually know. wrote in. Um, Les actually wrote in uh, on Instagram asking if we're going to make some merch. Um, We've already spoken about a cookbook that I think would be fantastic, but a, a sore vest would be pretty jazzy, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I think that's a, that, that could, could be a bit further down the road. We oh, need yeah. to uh, we need to to build the audience up a little bit, but who knows? If anyone's <laughs> got any ideas, send them in. I'm thinking naked calendar personally, but um, I've always yeah, wanted to do one of them. Hundred percent naked yeah. calendar I mean, with with different super shoes covering the private parts on each each month i think that, that could is, be, that'd that be too is a remarkably good idea because that'd be halloween, too much for tom what what <laughs> color do you what color do you think of at halloween orange yeah bang nike you've got a shoe for that you know mm. straight over the nuts that's your job done for october <laughs> Sim- simple as that christmas white vapor five three you know it writes itself this sort of thing so um yeah if anyone the wants only that thing... let us know yeah the, the only thing you've got to take into consideration, Callum, is who who's going to buy that, right? Because we don't have many female listeners. Oh, this is we? not for the female. This is for the super shoe lovers. There's nothing attractive <laughs> about it. No, but... it's, it's purely a shoe calendar. We're just holding the ben shoes. Ben Johnson just orders a... <laughs> <laughs> what he's not expecting is uh, three pasty white blokes just with super shoes covering their, their bollocks. Um, well, 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 funny, well. There you go. Who knows? The the possibilities are endless for this podcast, boys. But um, yeah, fingers crossed we'll have more running to talk about next week so we don't have to fill it with us talking about naked calendars. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, been a good episode, actually. Ben, thanks for bearing with us in the cupboard, mate. You've done a great job. And God knows what time it is there with you right now. Must be past your bedtime. So thanks for staying Half up, 10. mate. You've, you know, no problem. 
You got to die. For, you got to die for the badge. Die for the badge in the trenches. Die for the yeah. sport. Um, are you actually in like a cupboard? Because I know you're in a cupboard. Have how, you all seen his story? Yeah. How cramped are you right now? How uncomfortable are you? Uh, it's actually not too bad. It's pretty roomy. <laughs> it, it's only your head. That's in in, it's only your head that's in the cupboard. It's like when you steam yourself over a sink, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, my, my head and laptop is in the cupboard and the doors are shut behind me and there's a towel over my head to stop the echo. Yeah, and do you know what will be world class? <laughs> these little these little Kenyan professional runners will have been just like having a look through the door and just thinking, what the hell is he doing in there? <laughs> chatting, yeah. chatting, to, chatting to himself in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. You got As soon as you come out of the cupboard, Jocelyn Jepkos guy is just going to be standing there like, who who is this guy? Yeah, if the, if yeah this she wouldn't have a clue what I was doing. If this podcast episode <laughs> does good views, I might record from a cupboard next week. Just as a little homage to Ben. Yeah, me too. Let's all let's all do that. Yeah. And Ben, see what you can do whilst you're out there. See who you can get for us. Let's just have a wacky guest next week. Oh yeah, you want me let's to get start. a voice note of Kipchoge? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you meet anyone good, just get a voice note and just ask them a random question. The listeners will be interested in that. Ask them if I run a one twenty three forty seven half in training, can I run sub three? Because that's what Grant messaged us, but we didn't have time to talk about it today. So maybe get mm. someone to answer that. And see if you can. I'll um, ask Kipchoge. Perfect. Yeah. See if you can yeah. track down Renato Canova. See if he's out there. See if he's knocking about and fancies jumping on a podcast with us. That'd be yeah. fun, wouldn't it? No human is limited, boys. Right. On that note, yeah. let's uh, let's part ways. I believe. Let's do it. Yeah. Part three part, ways. Right. Part three ways. Sweet dreams, yeah. Ben. Won't you? Have a good night's yeah. sleep. Yeah. Remember, Cheers, guys. Mate. Run to inspire and all that. Ben, what's your line? Aspire, aspire to <laughs> run. Aspire to run. To aspire. <laughs> yeah. Right. All of that, boys. See you on the other side. See you later. Bye-bye now.